TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bo. So, how good do you feel uh, that the Bengals are four and two, sitting in that second spot in the division? And I don't, y'all haven't played the Ravens yet, I don't think. No, we play them this week. Yeah, you can, I mean, with a win there, it'd be a tough game, but with a win there, I mean, dude, that's going to, that'll vault y'all right in the first place. And that would be pretty trippy being a Bengals fan of it from, you know, the past five, four or five years. I feel like I'm starting this this week's episode just jinxing my team. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think clearly in that game, we do play them this week. Um, I, I do think that they should definitely be favored. Like I'm not going to sit out here and make any bold statement. Like they are the better team, I think, currently still. I think we're on to come up, but – uh, I think the Ravens should definitely be favored, but I think it's gonna be a good game, man. Our defense, our defense is playing well, and you know Burrow's playing confident, and you know it, it felt good, really, really beating up on the Lions, but you can't take much away from that. Yeah, it's a winless well, team. Th- no, I, I think you can take something away from every NFL game, personally. Well, you can, um, you can. And what what you can take from that is is that y'all aren't one of those teams that when you run across a team worse than you, you don't prepare. You know, it looks like y'all prepared for that game as good as you did any other. I mean, it wasn't a close game. They were never beating you. You know, you weren't dependent on, you know, a 66-yard field goal to get past them. So, I mean, you should feel good about that, you know, at the very least. I mean, I I don't – did the game – was it a statement win? No, because you played the Lions. But, I mean, you didn't let a team play up to you and, and, you know, give you a run for your money or beat you. You know, I mean, that's that's honestly been my team's mo over the years. Is a bad opponent shows up and they don't prepare worth a worth a crap. And and the uh, the Bengals clearly took the line serious and it showed. I think you can take that from it at the very least. I think probably what you just said is probably what the way I feel about it. So I think you can figure out your team pretty well. Is how bad do they beat bad teams? You know, how, how much do we overpower teams that are you know on the downslope and stuff like that? Uh, I think we did what we should have done. We've been playing well all all year. I think if we had played the Lions close, okay, I would have worried. I'd be like, okay, so some of this a fluke. You know, why are why are the Lions staying in the game with us? The fact that we beat them the way we did makes me feel better as a uh, Cincinnati fan. So yes, to answer answer your question or your, to say yes to your statement, yeah, I do feel good that we beat them the way we did. I mean, I think we beat them the exact way we should have beaten them. I actually kind of thought the Lions would be able to move the ball a little bit better than they did, and they uh, they just couldn't. Our defense played really well. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, we held them to like 238 total yards, which is pretty good for our defense. You know, I think the offseason signings are definitely starting to show up. Hendrickson's been a beast, and, you know, a lot of people thought we overpaid him, and we still might have. I mean, that was a lot of money we gave him, but uh, if he's, he's, con- he's, if he's contributing and, it's, and clearly it's leading to wins, I don't think you can very much overstate – you know, importance. I don't, I don't think you can, I mean, I don't, you didn't pay him TJ Watt money. You know, it's not a gross overpayment. I mean, could your team have skimped on a few bucks? Sure. But the Bengals aren't in the worst cat position like the saints or anybody like that. So, I mean, I, I I would let the, I would let the record right at this, that this date, I would let the record speak for itself and, you know, go from there, honestly. Well, he's not pulling a Trey Waynes or anything. Trey Waynes is back on (laughs) IR again. Like my God, man, like, is this, this guy has played one game. I'm not. I'm not going to get on that, and I also don't want to. He's, know, like, he's like he's like he's like your Ladarius Green. It's it's, it's worse. It's really, really bad. Also, also, obviously, we all saw that Aaron Rodgers after he ran in for a touchdown this weekend against the Bears. He uh, did the uh, 
what do you call it? The double discount, double check. Yes, uh, yes. Okay, like I can't the belt. this. Yeah, so belt. he then ran, you know, towards all the Bears fans in the end zone and was screaming, I still own you. I think he so, said, he's, he said, I've always owned you. I still own you. I've yeah, okay. something, well, like something that. to that. Something to that effect. And, and it's awesome seeing Aaron Rodgers be that confident. He's, and I'm not going to say he's cocky, but he knows how good he is. And I love watching him just kind of throw it in the Bears' face because obviously the d- division rivals. So it's, so it's really cool to see that. I also did some digging. I actually wanted to see how, what was Rodgers' record against the Bears. Uh, it's disgusting. Rodgers is 21 and five against the Bears in his career. Yeah, yeah. 21 and five, man. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I, it's, I'd like uh, to, I'd like to see either how good the Bears teams were in those five wins, you know, or, you know, or how, what kind of year the Packers were having on those five wins and how strong that team was. I mean, that, like, I bet you those games, some of those, those five wins were, uh, that the Bears had were close games too. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he has pretty much either been in every game or won every game, uh, against the Bears. And I mean, he definitely does own them. I think, and honestly, a lot of people don't like Rogers cockiness, but I think that, Deep down, Aaron Rodgers is a confident person. I don't think you can get to where he's at in football without being a confident person. And, you know, not everyone's Tom Brady humble. And I think that, you know, this whole offseason for him was about getting back to being Aaron. And I, th- I think this is just who he is. I think that he wants to go out there and when he scores, have a blast with it, you know, and talk smack. And I think that's part of the that's part of the game that's kind of getting lost you know, with the way society's changing. And I think that, uh, I, I think that it's not a bad thing. You know, I like seeing Aaron Rodgers play with that intensity personally. I think my favorite thing about Aaron Rodgers is, you know, you've got the guys, like you said, like Tom Brady is pretty humble. He doesn't, you know, it, I mean, I'm not on the field. He could talk a ton of shit. I wouldn't, yeah, know, I mean, I don't see him. I think he's more of a guy that's more quiet. He does his thing. You know, he gets, he gets, you know, focused in his head and he does the job. And then you've got guys who talk a lot of shit, I'm sure. You know, Philip Rivers mean, was I a mean, big trash talker. Honestly, you can, just com- trash talker. you can just compare it to Michael Jordan. You know, the best player in the sport doesn't have to be the most humble guy. Michael Jordan would tell you right away. Yeah, absolutely. It, he'd tell you right away, I'm going to beat you today. I own you. You're mine. While you're on this court, you're mine. Like, there is nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers knowing he's the best quarterback on the field you know, 9.9% out of 10 out of, you know, 9.9 out of 10 fields he steps on. There's that one game a year where he might run into Pat Mahomes if they even play him every year where he can, where he might not be able to say that, but every, almost every single week he walks out there and knows he's the best player, most valuable player on the field. And he's the reigning MVP. And I mean, the best thing about him is when he knows how good he is. And it's like, he's one of those guys that, you know, he makes like a really good pass or just makes an unbelievable play. And he doesn't say anything. And you'll see it, you know, when you're watching the game, he'll just like look at one of the defenders and give him like a smirk. And he, yeah. and that smirk just says it all. He's like, I, like I'm better than you. It's a, it's a I confident can do this smirk. to you day in and day out. I'm yeah. this good. It is such, I, I love watching him do it. He'll just be smiling or you'll see him laughing or something like that. And he just knows. He's like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm a beast. He's just looking at him like, do you know how easy that was for me? Think you're gonna be able to stop me? Like, no, you're yeah. not. Come on. Yeah, but he also but see, he also smart. smiles that way when he when he hands the ball to Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones gets four yards. He smiles the same way. So I mean, he is a good teammate. His oh, teammates love Aaron Rodgers, and so I think people just need to look past the smack talk, the whole "I own you" thing, because I know you can go on any platform and see the comment section, and there's negativity surrounding him doing that. And I think it's great for football. I'm sure it's it great is. for the game. Good for him for beating the Bears. He should have won that game. 
Well, the negativity is coming from other fans, but I can guarantee you, Bo, if those fans' quarterbacks were saying that and those fans' quarterbacks were 21-5 and five against the other team, they'd be fine with them saying it. It's all, it's all about, Absolutely. You know, it's perspective. on the other side of it, and they get it's pissed perspective. off. It. It's all perspective, man. Uh, but I want to talk about what we all did not know what was going to happen uh, with the Chargers <laughs> and the Ravens. Bo, Baltimore held the Chargers to just over 200 total yards and only 26 rushing yards. That's wow. one number I got for you. Also, the Ravens controlled the game clock the entire time. The entire time. If you saw the time of possession for the Ravens, I looked at it. I think it was something like, it was something outrageous, man. Like 38 minutes they were controlling. That's insane. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And it goes to show the Chargers' biggest weakness on defense coming into the game was their run defense. Okay, well, you just ran into probably the worst team that you could have a bad run rush defense against. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much that. It's them or the Titans you don't want to run into. What also shows him was surprising to me is Lamar didn't even have a good game. He th- he threw two picks, one touchdown, and his completion percentage wasn't even that good. I mean, he he did not have a Lamar Jackson type game, and they still just th- the biggest thing was the Chargers' offense could do nothing on the Ravens' defense, absolutely nothing. The Ravens' defense shut down Herbert. They obviously shut down the run game. They could not do anything. I, I feel like they got back to you know the basics with Ravens football. I mean they they had relentless pass rush. And like you said, and they stopped the run. And I think in in Baltimore, playing that three four defense, you have to do two things: is you have to stop the run in its tracks, and your your three down lineman has to be very good, very strong at the point of attack, and you have to get after the quarterback and hit him early. And they 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 checked off all those boxes. Well, I think I was also kind of confused by some of the play calling uh, by Staley. I, me and you were watching the game together, and we both questioned when on I think it was a fourth and two or a fourth and one. Mm-hmm. They they chose to target Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, I, I thought that, that. I remember I, that was I sat there and watched it with you. And my first question to you was, "You're it's fourth and one, and you're going after Marlon Humphrey of all guys. You're talking about fourth and one. You should be drawing up a play where a guy's gonna or either is gonna run himself open or you or you know where it's going right off the bat." And as soon as Justin Herbert sees Marlon Humphrey line up one on one with this guy, I just don't think that's the smart placement of the football. Now. We could run it back and be like, oh, well, he did, you know, he did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you got the best cornerback on the field you're throwing at when you have to move these chains. You have to move these chains. You, you, I mean, I don't know. I thought he threw it right in his wheelhouse. It was, it was not something that you were going to trick Mark Humphrey on. No, I think it in, that, pass, in that situation, it would have been a better option to throw two tight ends out there, hit a play action on like, you know, a crossing mesh route and work that way with it. You, you do not need to try and hit – you know, a five to ten yard little little quick out on Marlon Humphrey, who's sniffing that crap out. I mean, they Marlon Humphrey knows that you're not going to throw it twenty over twenty yards on fourth and one. You should be really shouldn't be throwing it more than ten yards on fourth and one if you're going to throw it. You know, there's no need. To, every yard it goes over ten yards, your percentage of completing it go down in that in that situation. Unless their whole defense has walked up on you, so yeah. the whole thing seemed kind of skeptical to me. I didn't really go back and watch it uh, right after because it's Sunday. There's more football on to watch. Um, but my first impression was of all eleven players on defense that you could try and attack. You attack Marlon Humphrey there. Um, it could have been a disguised look. I don't know, but it didn't feel like that should have been where the ball went. I didn't see a disguise. I haven't I mean, gone I back to just... watch it. That was the first. That was just a first impression of that play. I think the reason I thought it was – and I get it. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was going to Mike Williams. I think that's who Herbert was targeting. Uh, that's who Marlon Humphrey was lined up against. 
I get it. I, I am fine with that decision. If if I'm Justin Herbert, I'm sitting there. You know, I've got the chance to audible. I'm fine with that decision. If Mike Williams, if Marlon Humphrey's playing soft coverage on Mike Williams, I'm completely fine with that. But but you but he's jammed yeah, if he's up giving on him, him. If he's giving him ten yards cushion, then okay, I get it. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. Know. Let's just get the first down. Just throw a quick pass out there. That's not what happened. And if, in my opinion, if when Herbert saw okay. Marlon's up in his face. He's in his grill. Like, you know, this is going to be a physical at the line of scrimmage battle. He's probably not going to get much separation. It is Marlon Humphrey. The guy's a pro bowler. The dude is a stud. I'm not going there. I'm changing something. I don't like the looks of that. But that's just one of the plays. There was a whole lot of plays that you could have picked from, man. It was really questionable. There were a lot of times that they ran Austin Eckler up the middle. I love Austin Eckler. I think he is an, an awesome talent and a great weapon. But there were times it'd be like, I don't know, man. Something like third and three or third and four. I don't trust Austin Eckler to get that. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't trust him going up the middle and getting that first. He's down. just not a power. He's he's not a powerful. I mean, yes, he's a strong. He's a professional athlete. He's a strong guy, but part of power comes with size. You have to be able to generate force going forward. Size mixed with speed generates power. That's why Derrick Henry's so deadly. That's what makes Najee Harris super powerful. I mean, just what it's partially what makes Joe Mixon a powerful running back is that he's got they got six foot frames 220 pound bodies 215 pound bodies and they're coming at you with you know four 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 five speed and Eckler checks the speed box but he doesn't check the size box and so you're asking a you know the little the little caboose to try and fit through the you know all that all that crap in the trenches to try and gain those yards. I just think that's really tough to ask. I mean, as the lead back, sometimes you have to ask it and expect him to move the chains, but and you would hate for like a bigger back to come in and be a tell because you have to respect his receiving ability too. But it, it, it's just not the guy you need to be looking for um, on short yardage. Yeah, and I'd also like to go out and say this that I'm I'm extremely impressed with the Ravens. What they're able to do this year. I mean, you talk about a team that was hit extremely hard by the injury bug. They lost J.K. Dobbins, torn ACL. They lost Gus Edwards, torn ACL. They lost Marcus Peters, torn ACL. I mean, the ACL monster came from them hard. Yeah, it's been it's been constant. It's, it's they, not. It hasn't stopped. They're thin at a lot of positions right now, and the way that they're playing right now, even having those losses on that team, and I'm not saying just losses. I mean, these are big losses, very very big losses. I'm pretty sure sure uh, four running backs got touches, um, and hell, I think three of them scored against the Chargers, which is you know that that can't happen. I mean that that is something that's going to haunt the Chargers down the road. That run defense has got to get fixed, 100. But I want to ask you. I'm going to ask you two questions, Bo. One, does this concern you with the Chargers moving forward right now, seeing them, I'm not going to say blow it, but this was a really big game for the Chargers. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I may not have said this, but I think I did. I said they they had a big game coming up, and I wanted to see if they could win this game. I think I said that. I could be confusing it with Mm -hmm. another team. Does this concern you moving forward right now with the Chargers in a a big-time game like this, the run defense giving up as much as they did, and they just really not be able to move the ball. Yeah, it worries me because when you when a team just it doesn't worry me in a sense that you know them possibly not winning their division because I mean they got this this two game lead. Uh, they're a good team. They're going to continue to beat bad teams. But if the de- if defenses are methodically moving the ball on you like they did that day, and your your defense is allowing you know more points than your team's putting up right now, I mean that's a 
and that that's a total total number of points allowed and put up uh, the Chargers defense. I, a lot of that's because of what they did against the Ravens and how many points they let up, even though they won against the Browns. That's why it looks like that. But I think that this is a recipe now that team really that good running teams, which there aren't that many of these days, but teams that value the run are going to find a way to control the clock and have success on the Chargers. And I think when a good savvy playoff team comes around uh, that that can adapt week to week, that isn't that isn't bent on one thing, you know, to, to win. Uh, a balanced team that does multiple things well is going to come in and is going to be a problem for the Chargers. And now if th- there's there's time to try and fix it. I mean, we're, we're not even halfway into this 17-game season. Um, but if they don't find a way to contain the run later down the road, this is going to hurt them. Because a lot of the time, and Tampa Bay is a great example, the good, savvy teams down the road – have good running games in the playoffs. They control yeah. the clock. They don't give the other quarterback a chance. And if your defense can't get you off the field, in my opinion, down the stretch in the playoffs, you're not going to be able to stop anybody. The other team, and even if you do make a stop, are you going to have the time to get what you need to get done? Because they're going to eat up that clock all game long. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I also saw that, well, let me say this first. The Chargers defense right now as a whole is is something that I think should look maybe possibly free agency. Let's see if we can get some guys in there that, you know, are good in run defense. I, I heard that they were going to maybe take a shot at Akeem Hicks. That'd be huge. I would, I would love to see Akeem Hicks on the team. Another guy that never got signed this year, and, and I'm, I'm really not saying this with any bias because he went to Georgia and he played for my Bengals. Geno Atkins, is, it is amazing to me this guy is still in the market and has never found himself a team. A guy that most likely will be in the Hall of Fame one day and has like 75 ta- uh, sacks as a defensive tackle. I, I mean, I'd give him a look. Get somebody in there. I mean, the what do you, what do you have to lose? Exactly, you can't stop the run already. I think one of those guys, uh, and I'd probably even, I, I would, I would say Akeem Hicks is playing better than Geno at this current moment in his career. If you got Akeem Hicks, I mean that's that's a huge ad, man. I mean Akeem, I mean he's up there in age, but he's he is still a baller and, and can definitely still contribute to your team the, and to your defense. And the Chargers, I think, especially with having a rookie quarterback, they should be in a position where making a move like that. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't kill their future. They shouldn't have to give up so many draft picks that they're just you know they're handcuffed come draft season this coming year or in the or in the following draft year. Um, you know, you it doesn't even have to be a Keem Hicks. You can just pick a guy who's known for stuffing the run instead of getting after the quarterback and bring him in to bulk to, to bulk up your line. And you know the problem isn't really with their edge with the edge rushers or anybody not containing the outside. The problem with them is their linebackers and their play up the middle, their interior defense. Yep. And 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 really interior defensive players, especially ones that are specialized in stopping the run, aren't going to come with the craziest price tag. You know, and I can't imagine that Geno Atkins is asking for a ton of money when he's sitting on his couch today. You know, if a four and two team like the Chargers that look as good as they've looked call, you know, you're picking that phone up. Oh, he's picking that phone up. And I would especially say especially a, yes. a warm place to play in California when you're Geno's age. I mean, in a brand new stadium, why embrace, you would embrace that opportunity. Um, I don't know what where Geno Atkins is is in his health, you know, in in his physically where he's at, but if he could play and he says he can play and your staff clears him, I think that's a good ad. And I really don't think it would break the bank. And most teams with quarterbacks still on rookie deals have cap space. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and the chargers, 
that I can think of, they did pay some guys in their O line, but no one, you know, no one that I can think would handcuff them in the in the you know in cap no, space wise. Nobody, nobody got a contract that that's going to mess them up or tie them up uh, financially. Um, yeah, so I mean, you, so they I, could definitely make a move if they if yeah. they were really 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 tried. Um, and they could. They, they have could, to address it. Could happen tomorrow. Yeah, um, I mean, it, well, I mean, they could fix it schematically. I don't know what it is, but down the stretch, if the Chargers want to get anywhere this year. They're gonna have to put a lid on that run game. There's just no way, no way around that. I'm gonna go to the other team now, Baltimore. To me, I've always thought that Baltimore, the offensive weapons have scared me. Uh, even when Dobbins was there, I, I think it's more of the Lamar Jackson show, which is an awesome show, and I love watching that show. Uh, Marquise Brown as their lead receiver has never been something that made me feel very confident. I, I wouldn't want Marquise Brown to be the guy that's my number one in my offense. I'll put it to you that way. Mark Andrews is awesome. Top four tight end in the NFL. Does it worry you at all? Okay, and we also have Rashad Bateman. Came out of Minnesota, was a stud. He, he got hurt Has early. Has he played he, that much this year? He hasn't played that much. He had an injury. I believe it was a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. Early in the year, and they kept him out for like the first like two or three games. He got He got a lot of looks last night. Or, or whenever they played last this past weekend. Does it worry you that they don't have enough pieces on offense right now to keep doing what they're doing? Is it just going to become more and more Lamar Jackson? And also, it, I think I think the biggest problem is, is they don't have a real threat in the backfield. That you know they've got Le'Veon Bell, they got Devonta Freeman. Those two guys, I mean, those guys are pretty Latavius much at the end. Of, yeah, Latavius Murray. I mean, Latavius Murray got cut from a team. Devonta Freeman's at the end of his career. Le'Veon's probably at the end of his career or well, coming up to the end. To be fair, Latavius didn't want to take a pay cut, and okay, he felt true. like he was good enough to make the money he wanted elsewhere, and he was right. He was definitely he right about right. that. Um, and I don't blame him for getting out of the Saints system right now after Drew Brees. I don't, I don't blame him for that, really. But to your point, it does worry me in a sense that if the Ravens' run game is stopped, where's the football going? Because Mark Andrews is really, really, really good, but tight ends don't win all don't win you a Super Bowl. I don't see the Ravens being able to succeed constantly with intermediate passes to Mark Andrews and over the top hits to Marquise Brown. Yeah, and those are like you said, they're those are really their only two threats to to do anything big on their offense and where, where Lamar puts the ball under duress and how cons and how consistent Marquise Brown's hands are are uh, both problems in that regard. So uh, it does worry me. You know, it, it definitely does. Um, I think that if they come up against a team with a great run-stopping defense, that they're going to have to really, really scramble and pick up the pieces and see how they can put points on the board. If Bateman can show more potential and he can grow each game, I mean, Bateman is what you look for in your typical X receiver. If he can live up to that potential, because he had a lot of it coming out of college, if he can live up to that potential, that is going to help that offense tremendously. Then you've I got just, a guy that beats you over the top in Marquise. You've got your good tight end in Mark Andrews. And then you've got a guy, of, you know, a solid number one, or probably not going to be the number one, but an X receiver, that type of skill set and that body style in Rashad Bateman. Yeah, and I, I just think that Rashad Bateman does fit that build that you're looking for. But I'm not sure if he has – if if – what he's shown us so far that he, I mean, his 40 times were good coming out. I'm not, I'm, I don't think that he has been a separator in the NFL yet. He has, and well, that's what an outside receiver has to do. 
I would argue that he wasn't much of a separator in college. I mean, there's a there's a reason, and as far as I remember, I don't think you had him in your top five receivers. I didn't have him in mine. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure – I think I had him – we didn't say this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure Bateman was eight or nine for me, which was a lot lower than a lot of other people. A lot of people – I mean, they had him up in, like, the top three. I didn't see that. I didn't really understand that. He didn't separate a lot in college. It was more of a, he, he was much more of a guy that used his leverage, his body – you know, high point the football stuff like yeah. that. That was the type and, and of guy. in college he could win. He could, you know, his quarterback could toss it up and he could win. That's yeah. much harder at this level. That's much much harder at this level. It is. But I have a, another question. This is going to be our next topic, though. It's not just a question for you to answer. Is Darnold starting to fall apart without Christian McCaffrey? Okay, I'm going to ask you that question, but then I'm going to give you some numbers. I'm going to give you some numbers because I stayed up last night and went through some numbers and did some math. So, so far, and I believe, what is it, three games without McCaffrey, Darnold is 64 of 117 for 54.7% completion percentage with four touchdowns and six interceptions without CMC on the field. The Panthers also started 3-0 and with Christian McCaffrey and are now 1-2 and without him in games that, debatably, they should have won even without him. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, if you're you're asking me uh, if I think he's unraveling or if it's a concern for me, it's it's definitely a concern. I think they brought him there not to do what I mean. Teddy Bridgewater could win games and CMC was on the field. I mean, he's he's a game changer. Um, I thought that they were bringing him in to be the driving force that is beyond only being the quarterback for, uh, you know, CMC and just dumping the ball off to him and him <laughs> gaining 20, 30 yards of play. Um, I think the the connection with Robbie Anderson has been a big letdown for me personally. I expected them to come in and, and really have a rapport and show something, but it seems like he's grown with DJ more, more than he has his own guy. Oh, DJ, um, DJ's this and, guy right now. And also, I'm yeah. going to give you get, go back to what you just said with Robbie Anderson. You told me, I think it was, I mean, it was early as week two. You told me, okay, this Darnold Robbie Anderson connection is is not what I thought it was going to be. And I said, I remember telling you, I was like, you know, give it time. You know, they're still getting into the offense. Now I agree with you. It is now the time where I agree with you. I don't know why that connection uh, hasn't I, hasn't taken back over again. It's because they I, had I a really good chemistry. Guys that was, yeah, I was one of the guys that thought that, that there was going to be a big connection there, and it was going to be really exciting to watch. I honestly, I agree with you. I don't understand why Darnold. If I'm Darnold, I mean, I'm taking more shots deep downfield for Robbie Anderson. I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is. You know, I'm not. Again, I'm not part of the team. I don't know what their whole game plan is. DJ Moore is having an amazing season, so there's that doesn't confuse me as to why do they keep going to him. DJ Moore is a stud in the NFL right now. I, I do think though. The, this is something I'd be worried about if I was a Panthers fan, and it's not whether or not he's playing bad because McCaffrey's gone. It, it's the problem that I feel like he started the season off really strong and he got his confidence, and now he's had some bad games. And it honestly, on paper, the games are kind of getting worse and worse. I mean, it, those three games, they got progressively worse, one to three, without CMC on the field. It's starting to look like the old Sam Darnold starting to rear his head some. And I'm starting to be yeah. a big believer that Sam Darnold has a confidence problem. Sam Darnold can play good when he's confident. But that one time, that one game in the season where if his there's confidence, any doubt. if, there's if any there doubt. is any doubt in himself, it falls apart. And I'm scared that's what we're watching right now which I hate that for him because I'm a big fan of Sam Darnold. I was a huge fan when he went to the Panthers. I was a fan when he came out of USC. 
But I am a firm believer right now that it, it's not a talent issue. He has a mental issue where confidence and doubt is a problem with Sam Darnold. And now that and that's chronic. I mean, it's it, it is a chronic problem. It is it is not going anywhere. And he clearly can't get over it. He ran into the same problem in New York with the Jets. You know, and people it was a big deal. You know, they said Sam's seeing ghosts. I'm not gonna lie, man, it could be the same problem we're watching right now. And I and I know as a Panthers fan that would that would really suck to hear. But you might need to hear that because it might be actually what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the more you watch, it just, I don't know, there's just not as much flair. There's not as much, it's not as many impressive throws. Um, doesn't feel like he's managing the game like he does when Christian McCaffrey's on the field. And um, like we said, it just seems like rather than him stepping up more when, you know, when the cards are stacked against them, um, that he has fallen back some. You know, and that and that the Panthers as a team really the defense is still impressive in a lot of ways. Um, they've definitely kept them in in the games they've played, but I mean the offense and Sam Darnold just keeps letting them down. And I, I think they brought him there for more than that. To be honest, that that's just my personal opinion on it. I think that the Panthers organization needs more from their starting quarterback if they want to take this good defense and their great running back, you know, to the next level as a team. Because I mean, they got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at the top of that at the top of that division, you know. And I think Tom Brady will play another year. And you know, if they don't figure it out, I mean, if you're not playing to beat the Bucks, what are you playing for to play in the wild card spot? And then you do not lose play the for next second round? in the NFL. Yeah, no one plays for wild card spots. You play to win playoff games. You know, I mean, you you want to get in on the wild card, but that's not your goal when you start the season. I mean, it's either your it, the Panthers seem like with the Stephon Gilmore trade, like they are trying to keep up and play with the Buccaneers and be a force in that division. They are Tepper is doing it. It is the moves he's making are impressive, but like like we're talking about, they're just they're getting let down by the, the quarterback they brought in and had a lot of confidence in out of the gate. So I'm I'm going through their schedule right now. Um, I, th- I think the the biggest issue, if this is a McCaffrey problem, or you know, if it's a Sam Darnold problem, I think you've got a bigger problem. If it's a McCaffrey problem, okay, that's going to be temporary. Uh, McCaffrey should be back by week nine. Uh, by all things I've read, that that's kind of the target week that he's supposed to be coming back. Okay, so you've got the Giants this coming week. You've got the Falcons after that. You've got the Patriots after that. Those should be games, in my opinion, the Panthers should win those games. But I also thought the Panthers should have beat the Vikings. Yeah, and the Eagles. The, and the Eagles. So here's what I'm saying. All right, you've got a couple of easy games coming up, or what should be easier games I coming up. They, I thought they were playing easy games. Exactly. Know? They have the Cardinals coming up, and their stretch to end the year, their last four weeks, is the Bills, Buccaneers, Saints, and Buccaneers again. So if they don't get it together, they're going to go from a 3-0 and team that is now looking at, okay, we might not even make the playoffs. That's so brutal. I mean, that's a, that is a brutal way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like every game you lose in this portion of the year, you're setting yourself back in those four weeks. I mean, exactly. if you that's a stretch of games, or even with Christian McCaffrey on the field, you'd be pretty happy if you go two and two. That's what I'm saying. You've got to win these games right now. The games that you were supposed to win, you've got to win right now. Just like I said about the Browns last week. No, talk about a team that is letting didn't, you down. Yeah, talk, talk about a team that didn't do it. 
the Browns. But yeah, uh, same same with the Panthers. They they've got to win these games. I'm they're, sorry. They're, I'm sorry to everybody that took my Browns minus three and a half. That's well, all we're, me. Guys. We're gonna get to your we're gonna get to your betting segment because I'm sure that you're you're <laughs> gonna have to apologize. <laughs> Oh, hey, but, no, it wasn't all bad now. Hold no, on. no, it wasn't all bad. It was not all bad. Um, I, I you, made you did, more. Uh, I made money this weekend, but yeah, you said you had a you had a touchdown that was worth a hundred and ten dollars. Go I see. Had a, I had a CD Lamb touchdown worth a hundred and ten dollars, and I and the uh, which one was it? The Steelers field goal by Chris Boswell was worth like a hundred and thirty dollars to win that game. That's amazing. so expensive plays right there. Yeah, right? man, I was freaking out. But like I said, just one last thing on the Panthers. They have got to win these games. This this stretch of games that should be winnable games for them with or without CMC, they need to take advantage. Because if they don't take advantage and they lose some of these games that are their easier games compared to the end of their, their season and the end of their schedule, you're going to have a problem. You're going to run into a massive problem. And of course, everybody, Jacob and I know there's no easy games in the NFL. We get it. But there are games that you have to win in the NFL when you know you have a better team because a team better than yours is coming up on the horizon. You have to beat bad teams in order to be able to handle the games where you falter with a good team. Yep. And I guess, you know, we may, we, we're kind of throwing the word easy around a lot, but that's more of a figure of speech for the point we're on. Yeah, I try not it, to. You know, we, 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 yeah, we understand just want to pre- just want just want to you know, say this at the end is that we understand there's no easy games, but you know you can't play the Eagles and the Vikings and lose in the fashion in the manner that you did, um, and uh, and that's not say that you should have won those because they should have won those. Should have. I mean, they they had the better team in both those games, mm-hmm. and I think I think most Panthers fans are agreeing with you with that. Um, we just spoke about the the Browns, but let's let's talk about the game with the Cardinals a little bit. Again, man, made a big statement. Um, another big win. They whooped up on the Browns 37-14. to 14. Um, The Cardinals, though, have now put up 31-plus points in four out of the five games this season. It's crazy. It's they a are lot scoring of a ton, and they are making it look so much fun. And I did not mean for that to rhyme. That is not something I put in my notes, <laughs> but I'm going to roll with it and act like I did because <laughs> it sounded pretty good. Um, the, the offense is legit, Bo. Uh, that's the first thing I take away. I, I think – Kudos to the defense playing the way they have. They have impressed me. They they, uh, they sat. Let me see here. What do I have in my notes? Okay, they sacked Baker five times this past Sunday. <laughs> they got yeah. after him. Also injured Baker. Baker tried to come back in and play, and then went that back shoulder, out again. That shoulder thing for Baker, man. That's they're gonna have to watch that because, I mean, once you once your shoulder is popping out that easily, I mean, once he done it twice in the last week or two. Uh, I mean, that, that's not good. I mean, it's at some point for you know, it's his non throwing shoulder, right? That's that's yeah, what it's his non throwing shoulder. Still, I mean, I mean, if, if that thing gets separated or you know, something really bad happens, I mean, that, I mean, whether it's his throwing arm or not, you can't send him out there. No, so. you can't, but uh, I'm extremely impressed with the Cardinals as a whole. The offense, I, I mean, they're not even targeting D hop that much. Ask me how I know that. It's because D-Hop's on my fantasy team, Bo, and I need him to improve and do better for me, but that's besides the point. Talk I also, to Kyler. Yeah, I would boy. like them to target D-Hop a little bit more. He had, a, I think he had two touchdowns uh, this past week, though, so I can't complain about that. A slight 21 points. That was a good game. 
the the team looks good. AJ Green again. I've said this a ton, man. He's a lot more involved than I thought he was going to be. Um, he I think he had like seventy seven yards and a touchdown again. I mean, he's kind of playing like the AJ Green we used to see, and we wish we could have seen more of if he hadn't had so many injury issues. Uh, Christian Kirk is playing is balling out, man. James Conner again is a huge part of the offense. They're rolling, man. And Kyler Murray again is way up there in our MVP rankings. And I, I guess the only thing that I'm I don't know how I could still be worried about the Cardinals and still wondering about the Cardinals, but I still am for some reason. They're the only unbeaten team in the NFL at 6-0. and I'm just still something about them. It just doesn't – and they've won it. They have beat the teams they need. I mean, I mean, big-time teams, the Browns. I get the Browns weren't undefeated or anything, but the Browns, everyone knows how talented they are, right? They beat the Browns. They, they destroyed the Browns. They destroyed the Rams. And I, it's something still, man, I don't know why. I just – I don't have as much confidence. How about this? I am still not going to say they're the best team in the NFL. I don't even know if I have them as second-best team in the NFL. Is that weird? I mean, am I losing my mind? I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's that. I mean, I mean, Pittsburgh went 11 and, and 0 to start the year last year. No one had them in their top four. So, I mean, they didn't deserve to, as you learned at the end of the year. I mean, I think the, the Cardinals could be a prime candidate to lose in the first round of the playoffs against a good team. Yeah, Playoff I, football I, is different. You know, anyway, it is different, especially when you got a young quarterback. Kyler Murray's never been there before. So, you know, that, I mean, that technically, is, neither big. is Cliff Kingsbury, too. So, yeah, that's true. There's a, a, a lot to think about there. But they, they are the, you have to give them the respect right now. They are the only team that's undefeated right now. They are putting up more points than any other team. I mean, it's kind of like backyard football for that offense. Hang on. I was looking at something uh, just a second ago, and I think I found something that's definitely played in their favor. Uh, oh, no. They, and, actually, I read it wrong. Uh, they have they they've played four games on the road as opposed to two at home. They're four zero on the road. I mean uh, that, that's that's that. pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Six and zero, and the majority of your games have been on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got a crazy. I mean, one hundred ninety four points put up. Uh, the highest scoring team, and they've only allowed one hundred nine, which is honestly one of the lower ones. But they they just beat the Browns thirty seven to fourteen. I think that's right. Um, I just said it, so it should be right. At Browns, I don't think they weren't at Rams when they beat the Rams, were they? Um, I think they were, man. That is so impressive. Why do I not have confidence in them though? <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, yeah, I, young quarterback, coach that's never been yeah, there. I mean, I they've struggled in the years past, and I mean, you're what you're watching them go through. It just they look they look uh, infallible right now. But I mean, it's going to happen at some point. You know, they're going to hit a rough patch. Um, and like a, the, a lot of people team. would, a lot of people would rather you get that out of the way in the regular season, because then you're going to get your week off and head in the playoffs and lay it and lay an egg. They are a team that you, <laughs> you're falling in love with. And it's the team that I think is going to end up breaking your heart at some point. Uh, that that's honestly, I think we're on the same page with that. I really do. I think that they're uh, just an absolute blast to watch right now, but I'm, I'm going to need to see it in the playoffs to, to really, really believe in it. Oh, if they get a if they get a playoff win this year, okay, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're here to stay. You know, sometimes, you I, feel, next... sometimes I feel that way about the Ravens. I mean, to be honest, because I mean, Lamar's bowed out early every time he's been in the playoffs. He doesn't have a win yet, you know. And I mean, and he's been there a few times, you know. So it, you, you want to see teams proved it. I mean, the the Ravens, the year Lamar Jackson won the MVP, the Ravens didn't show up in the playoffs, and they were good that year. They were very they were good, good that year. 
you know, you don't, sometimes you don't know what you're watching until, you know, it really, really comes down to it when it's, you know, it's winter go home and then you see what the real team is. It's, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I agree, it's, I agree a, with everything you just said. I agree with everything you just said. It's gonna, it's gonna come down to, you know, because something's gonna have to go terribly wrong for them not to make the playoffs. It's gonna come down to how does Kyler Murray handle the pressure when in the playoffs, and and you know, Cliff also, how, how are they gonna, how is that duo gonna be able to go about things, and are, are they gonna crumble under the pressure, or are they gonna able be able to do the same thing they've been doing? I mean, the play calling is is fantastic right now, and your play calling, I mean, your playbook is. You can't get a playbook any more open than when you have a guy like Kyler Murray who can throw the football as well as he can and scramble the way he can. I mean, and it's it's open in in multiple ways. It's open as in you can call anything with confidence, and it's open as in you can call anything, and if it's the wrong play, he'll make a play. Yeah, you know, it's it's two two different kinds of open. I mean, it's super impressive to watch. Talking about making plays, what about Derrick Henry last night? Oh God, I feel, honestly, I I feel. <laughs> I feel terrible for the Bills' defense. I mean, can you imagine the earful that they're going to get? I mean, I think, I, mean it was, I think it was Jordan Poyer last night, if I'm not mistaken. Kudos to that man. I mean, that man has a lot more courage than I do. Uh, Henry Henry was steamrolling, had already reached the second level, was getting out into the open. Oh, field. I remember this and play. Poyer just pretty much, I mean, I'm going to say it because this is what it is. He sacrificed himself. You have to sacrifice yourself. Your soul leaves your body. I watched his soul literally leave the field. Derrick Henry hit him so hard. Poyer didn't have a shot. Poyer didn't even have the opportunity to even wrap his I, arms I, I up. Thought, he I just thought got he, hit yeah. so hard. He I just thought he hurt his down. shoulder. I thought he got hurt on the play. I mean, I, mean, he, I, he I would be, I would like be surprised. I would be surprised if he's not injured from that. Yeah, this is an seriously. NFL player. This is a starting safety in the NFL. This guy absolutely looked made him look like a thirteen-year-old. Just <laughs> ran him a grown man over a thirteen-year-old is what I'm saying. This look like Poyer is a player that, like, if you saw him at your neighborhood Planet Fitness, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, a, I'm oh. a little I'm a little beta boy like <laughs> you're like that guy plays football that yeah. guy is a professional athlete yeah that dude that, that dude is play football somewhere you know and, and then he, and Derrick Henry just made it look like light work and I think it was poor I could be completely telling it could have been high I, I, I think it was poor I do think and you know I hate to move off Derrick Henry was so impressive last night I hate to make his conversation short but I, I I'm sure you're getting to this but I, I want to go ahead and get to it do you think they made the right call at the end of that game by doing a quarterback sneak there on fourth and one in in a chip shot length to go to overtime? I don't think they did because I believe in keeping the game alive rather than leaving it all on a 50-50 coin toss. Um, that's me. So what uh, do you think? It's a hard question because I think, one, yes, they did because – you want the ball in the best player's hands, and that's Josh Allen, who is also not a small quarterback and is extremely athletic and a big-bodied guy. You know, you, you know, you like put put it in his hands. You know, look what he's done for us this year. I mean, put it in Josh Allen's hands and let him let let him make something happen. I didn't like the way they did it. So it was kind of like a uh, a trick sneak, pretty much. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, Bo. When he came up to the line, he was acting like he was changing stuff, and then all of a sudden grabbed the football and tried to run it in. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I, think I, didn't, the I didn't sudden like the suddenness gave it away. Exactly. I did not like that at all. I think the the Titans definitely read what was going on. I think they were like, okay, Josh Allen's a, you know one of the biggest dudes out here. 
you know, he's probably QB sneaking it. What is it? A yard and a half. Like they probably already knew it. Then they see him, you know, change your stuff at the line of scrimmage. They're like, no way, man. Like you're not passing this football. You're not. You're just not. I mean, you he has digs one-on-one on the outside, but you're not doing that. You're not going to pass that football. You're going to try to power it in with your offensive line and your massive quarterback. So to that to that point, I say, yes, they did make the right decision. But then again, it's like I didn't like the way they did it. And secondly, I, I part of me does think that they could have – if it was me, if it was me, I'm putting a fullback in there and I'm giving it to Zach Moss going over the top. That's what I'm doing. I, over I'm not, the top on fourth and one is just different than over the top on on, on the goal line. Personally, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a goal line stand. No, it was they were yeah. So like, but if you when but you it was cross a fourth the plane, and one that was so close to the goal line, but, I mean, but, but if you, you got cross, the fourth and one, okay, you're getting the touchdown. Okay, but if he no, I don't think so. It was if, it was close. It was it close. was close, but did that you no? I don't think it was that. I was watching it. It wasn't that close. But if he jumps up in the air for that with that ball, he can punch it out. At the goal line, as soon as you cross, it doesn't matter if they punch it. You know, that's a little different. Now, I agree, lining up Zach Moss in the I formation with a running back, I mean with a fullback, wouldn't have been a bad idea. I think that I think that thinking that that when you run up to the line, like you said, changing plays, and then you suddenly run up and do this, you know, super intense snap count, take the ball. Then the defense is keying. They're like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here comes the sneak. And you know any good coach is looking at him going, watch the sneak, watch the sneak, watch the sneak. This is Josh Allen. It's just crazy to think that, you know, Josh Allen's going to push, you know, 2,000 pounds of men one yard on his own. The Bills O-line failed on that play. They, I mean, as soon as well, – let's, as as, let's talk about what who who won that play. And it is the stud Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, Jeffrey absolutely. Simmons absolutely – bodied his man was just straight up better yeah read the situation shot the gap and got him that's the hard part about things like the qb sneak is if the defense feels it if they if they feel that snap count and they get a better push and burst off the ball than you you're not winning that play you're not winning that play if that happens and i just i don't know i i it's part of it's the way i grew up as you know dad's football coach um, played football, announces football still to this day. And he is he is a 10 out of 10 times guy. If you end up on fourth down at that point in the field and you can take a chip shot to tie, you tie and you keep playing because Buffalo was, is a better team. And if they win the coin toss, I think they walk right back down and put points up in overtime. I agree. You know, I think that I think that they didn't want to put the ball back in Derrick Henry's hands in overtime, personally. I mean, couldn't I stop him all game. I wouldn't want that either, but – I mean, it's living in your fears a little bit. You know, you, you can know, keep who, who playing the game. The ball back to that guy. They're going to get more criticism, which you know, a good head coach isn't concerned with outside criticism. But they're going to get more criticism for going forward with a sneak on fourth and one than they would have if they'd kicked and tried to play it in overtime. Well, and there's there's a lot of what ifs also. You know, it's absolutely what if, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, what what if Josh Allen's feet hadn't slipped out from under him? Also, you know what I mean? Because that that happened. I don't think it would have mattered though. Jeffrey Simmons was was coming. The play was blown up. The it play was, was blown, blown Jeff, up. Jeffrey Simmons a hand, alone blew that play up. And also talking about Jeffrey Simmons, but I know you remember this. Jeffrey Simmons when he was coming out in the pre uh, pre draft process. Uh, I don't remember what it was. I don't know if he had. An, I, th- I believe he had an injury, and I, I wish I knew what injury it was. But he uh, he might. I think he might have torn a he tore his ACL. 
and uh, during the pre-draft process or right at the end of this college football season. And we all knew coming out, I mean, this guy is a monster. This man is an absolute monster. And he was probably, I would say, anywhere between a top 10 and top 15 prospect. And he fell all the way to the Titans. And the Titans should just be absolutely so thankful they got this guy. Because Jeffrey Simmons, and I know he, he still might not even be a household name. You know, some people listening may not really exactly know who Jeffrey Simmons is. Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute monster. That guy is so good. And like I said, I think he missed, if I'm not mistaken, he missed a lot of his rookie season too in the NFL. And dude, he, I think he actually might have missed the whole season, if I'm not mistaken. And dude, he is just, he's just a beast. I just had to give credit to him, man, because he made the big play last night. And I think, you know, with him doing that, we need to speak on him a little bit because God, he is, he is a stud. He is so good and was so good coming out in college. Definitely deserves the praise after that stand uh, on fourth and one. That's good. I mean, all all credit to the Titans. That's a that's a big stand right there. I mean, it's it's a game winning stand. It's no no different than a game winning touchdown right there. That's that's simple as that. And I'm sure a lot of people lost money on the Bills right there. Oh yeah, rub the fuck in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, everybody was riding a hot street, man. You know, I was just trying to make the smart decision. I was what, like, "Yeah, what? this is the NFL." I, you know, I'm sure somebody's gonna go out here and lose some money on them. So, you know, I might as well what, just keep my money. Well, what's? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty again. But uh, w- the worst part about it for me was is that I didn't take the Bills spread. I took a. I did a same. The only money I put on the Bills, I put down twenty five dollars in a same game parlay to make like eighty. Um, and it was the Bills money line, Bills first team to 10 points, Derrick Henry over 54 and a half rushing yards, and under 63 and a half points total. I did not think the Titans were going to come out there and score 34 points. That I is, I don't think anyone did. I, yeah, that was the biggest because that was the highest alternate point total they let me pick. I picked the highest number they'd give me the option to pick on DraftKings under the same game parlay tab. That was the highest one I could get was 63 and a half. I'd have taken higher than that if they'd let me and lowered the odds, but that was the, that was as far as, as far as I could get it to go up. I was like, there's no way this is the, this is the biggest number they had. I don't think the Titans are going to do that great tonight. Bill's defense has been solid. What happens? The The house gets you again. Yeah. Well, and to be fair though, the, this week was a, was a big, uh, favorites week, uh, for, for, you know, winning games. And, uh, Vegas definitely had to pay out some some big money this week. Um, so the 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 Bills definitely were a little bit of a trap game that that I I didn't see. Um, I mean, I thought the two hardest legs of that bet were going to be uh, the first team to ten points and the Derrick Henry rushing yards. I didn't think that the Bills money line them winning and then keeping under sixty three and a half points would have been that big of a problem, but Boy, was I wrong. You know, yeah. that's that's why it's a parlay. You you usually lose a parlay, but that's, that's uh, I like that's, I like I like the return on my money. That's that's betting. That's how it goes. That's, that's yeah. why it's so it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's fun. The, I, I lost on the on the Browns, um, but I won money on the Steelers and uh, the Cowboys. Thank you, CeeDee Lamb. 
that was across like three different bets. That was that was crazy. City um, still has the coolest first down celebration in the NFL, hands down. Yeah, I, I, and it's it's not even something that's even that popular. I just I hope it becomes more popular and people key in on it because if you haven't seen it, it is the coolest, it, the the best first down celebration. It's so subtle, but it's so. Ooh, it's so mean. Gosh, I love watching oh, when he does C- it. But also, CD Lamb's game is very subtle yet disgusting. So it is. That that's a perfect way to describe his game. Uh, Bo, give me some of your bets for this coming week, man. What are, what are you looking at? Um. All right. So some of the games I like. I actually like the Saints out of the gate. I'm just going with spreads here. Um. Do teasers and and teasers are when you're. You add bets to your slip like it's a parlay, and then you click the teaser tab, and it adds uh, six points. Some apps allow you to adjust how many points you want to add to each game, and then uh, your odds will adjust from there. But uh, DraftKings standard and the overall standard is six points added to uh, the score or the over-under. So do teasers as you like. Uh, Teasers have been making me the most money this football season. Uh, they're really a great way to, to give some, some uh, I don't know, you know, you feel better about the money you're putting down. You know, you, you definitely feel more sure about yourself. Uh, but I do like, I honestly, the the Cardinals minus 17 and a half is a big question mark for me right now. That's a lot. That's a lot of points to give an NFL team, 17 and a half. I don't like um, spreads that big. I was talking about that. I don't like I, was like, ah, I can't do it. That's too much to even touch. Um, and then, so I like the Saints minus four and a half. Uh, Seahawks are still without Russell. I think the Seahawks played against the Steelers team that really is not fiery, firing on all cylinders, um, and then kind of struggles week to week to find a way to put up points. Um, I think the Saints know enough of who they are that they can they can cover four and a half points uh, on the Seahawks. Um, other games I like right now. Um, Let's see. See, the LA is getting 14 and a half again. It's a crazy week. It's a crazy week. Out of the gate, the Titans are back home again. They're plus five and a half on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are struggling this year. Um, fading the Chiefs has paid out a lot of money this year, and that that's something to consider. I'm not sure where I'm going to swing yet on that game. Um, I'll probably put something down on it. Um, I do like the over on that game, even though the over – if you're going to take the over on this game – I would, it's 57 and a half right now. And honestly, it's kind of crazy to think that line could move, but you're talking about two defenses with gaping holes that let up a lot of points week to week. So that, that should be an over that, that should hit. Um, and then honestly, this could sound crazy, but I do like your Bengals plus six, you know, y'all are four and two football team and that's six points. I mean, that that's for me, that, shows that if you're if your team is minus six that's showing me that team's a lot better than your team in vegas thinks so so i kind of i kind of like that plus six the Bengals are getting and i do like the over in that game as well 47 um and then i i think the panthers can cover three points this week they gotta have a win i mean they've gone from a team that's got a nice got a nice footing in the division to a team that's desperate to win um, that's what if you're three and three, your team is clawing for victories, and the Panthers are going to have to claw, and I think they can beat the Giants. So I like the Panthers to cover three and the minus one sixty money line. Uh, if you can find another bet, another money line you like to parlay with that, get you some good odds. I like that money line bet there. Um, the Falcons two and a half points on the Dolphins for me seems like they can cover. The Dolphins are just a dumpster fire right now. 
Uh, and the Falcons wants another team desperate for a win. And then one game I'll end on right now, it's probably going to be the Packers. This is a big spread, but Washington football team is not good. They struggle to put up points. Their defense is not good. They are all around in a lot of trouble this season. I think they're going to be near the bottom of their division, even though we both thought they'd win it. Um, I, I like the Packers to come out here. They're experienced. They know how to win. They don't play down to bad opponents. I like the Panthers. I mean, the Packers to win that game by at least ten points. Uh, I think that's that should be an easy ask for the Packers. So Packers nine and a half. I would say that's honestly one of my better feelings about this week. So uh, Packers nine and a half minus nine and a half. Uh, Panthers minus three. Bengals plus six. Over forty seven in that game. Um, Chiefs tighten something to look into on that over. I mean, I could honestly see it going up with the amount of points those two teams have been letting up. I really, really could. I would stay away from the Rams spread at 14 and a half and the Cardinals at 17 and a half. If you're going to take another big spread, you could maybe dabble in Tampa Bay against the Bears. Their Tampa Bay is just unstoppable <laughs> right now. They really are. Um, and I, I do like the Saints to cover four and a half on the Seahawks as well. You know what I'm yeah. gonna need to do? I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to work something out. I'm gonna have to get a, you know, a little side intro for you that that goes into boat bets, big boats, big bets by Bo. Oh I need, man, I, I, I need I would, some type of way. I would die if we had like a little segment intro for that. Uh, I really I'm gonna would. have to make that happen. I'm definitely gonna have to make that happen. But I, I love the picks, man, guys. If you guys want to make some money, obviously. Go with Bo because yeah, makes and I will say I will say there are some games that lose. That's gambling, but over the last thirty days, I'm sixty percent having a good football season. Positive on the units. Uh, units is basically money in gambling, so you don't talk about how much money you bet because um, that's rude. <laughs> Talking about yeah. money like that, but so I mean, positive units on the season. Um, I it it has honestly made paying attention to fantasy football hard for me. Um, I'm way more obsessed with the whole betting thing right now than I, it was fantasy for me. I still love fantasy. Um, but I really, all I can think about is who I'm going to take this weekend pretty much every week. And it really hasn't been like that for any sport with me. Um, and I knew it was going to be this way when football came around because we're, we're just obsessed with it. So, um, anytime anyone wants to ask a question, I'll talk your ear off. So, uh, guys also we're slacking a little bit. I did not get the bets from Bo this past weekend, so I can't tell you whether I'm two and zero now or one and one with Bo's bets. I'm sure I'd have been two and zero. It's his Bo we're talking about, but we will do this again. I'm <laughs> gonna get Bo to give me all his bets, and I'm gonna put them all in this weekend. Um, got a busy weekend. Shout out to my boy Joey getting married this weekend. I'm so happy for you. So I'm so glad that congratulations, Joey. Glad I'll be, be able to be a part of your special day. Um, and also, guys, next Tuesday, Bo and myself will be welcoming on NFL writer and author Ron Clements onto the show to talk some ball and and hear about Ron's new book that has made some headlines recently. It's going to be a lot of fun, so tune in next week for that one. And as always, guys, go subscribe, go get a review, and go TSR. Until next week, guys. Peace out. Now listening to the TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bowe.